The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Of Kings, celebrate the one that can do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that we can ever think, imagine, or ask by the power of God that work in us. Father, we celebrate you. We thank you. Our confidence is in what you can do. Our confidence is not in the challenges or in our own abilities. But Lord, it is in you. The God that can do much more than we can ever think or imagine. We celebrate you today. We hallow you today. We honor you today. We adore you today. We reverence you today. We welcome you today to do much more than we can ever think or imagine. Thank you, our Father. Take all the praise and take all the glory. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. Once more again, jam those hands together to celebrate Jesus in the house. Fragrance of life, thank you. The Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name. Is there anyone in the house or watching online who knows that God can do all things? If you believe this, put it out there in the chat room for those of you who are watching. My God, we do and can do all things. And so shall it be. Say to your neighbor, to your left, to your right. God will surpass your imagination and expectations. He will surpass them. 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 Hallelujah. Please, you may be seated in his wonderful presence. God can do exceedingly abundantly. Above all. Above all. And friends, that is the confidence we have. We have this confidence in this, in this God that can do much more, much more than you can ever think or imagine. And I am believing God that as today springs forward, your life is springing forward. Amen. I thought you would say better, amen. amen. Those of you watching online, your life is springing forward amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. New dimensions of glory, new dimensions of beauty, new dimensions of joy. God is accelerating your progress like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. How many people woke up late this morning? <laughs> praise God. You thought that I was still uh, Praise God. I don't know why the time, I don't know why, they, you know, I think this was the time they were trying to say, hey, let us, let us just remove this and make it flat. Because some people don't spring anywhere. They just stay where they are, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but we spring forward and then they move it backward. We don't go, we don't go backward, but we just say, praise the name of the Lord. We thank God for the God that changes times and seasons. And I believe that our lives will not be the same again. Just some quick housekeeping. And then we'll just go into what God will have us talk about this morning. Next Sunday, who knows what is happening next Sunday? 
Yep, 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 yep. So it's YTS. The youths are taking over the service. So please don't miss next Sunday service. Don't say, oh, because the youths are the one handling. I think I will just stay back at home. No. That is the reason why you've got to be here. You've got to be here. And the Bible says, out of the mounts of babes and suckling, God has ordained praise. And I am very certain that your life will be blessed. Your life will be blessed. You know, if, if God could use a donkey to bless people, bless a man in scriptures who was hard of hearing, uh, can you talk, think about God using an individual? And it's going to be a powerful time in the presence of God in Jesus' name. Now, Sunday the 27th, which is the last Sunday of the month, is going to be a vision and a variety Sunday. And I'd like you to come with a lot of expectation. Maybe you have questions to ask about the church. We're going to give you some time to do that. It's going to be a variety service. And uh, you get to know more about it as we come close to the day. But just in case you have questions, you want to ask about the church, um, that would be an opportunity for you to have that. If you also have a special number you want to sing, C.D. Kennedy uh, will give you time to do that. Praise the name of the Lord. And then after the next, that's last Sunday of the month, 1st of April, which is the first day in the month of April, we're starting our annual Grace Conference. It's going to be powerful. Powerful. Praise the name of the Lord. And those of you watching online, you can't afford to miss it. You can't afford to miss it. Next, um, that Friday, by the special grace of God, is going to be an in-person service. We're going to be here powerfully. And ministering for that weekend is um, Pastor Dion Adeyemo, the senior pastor. He's a provincial pastor in the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And uh, as well, he's also the senior pastor of um, Royal House St. Catherine's. Uh, for those of you who are, I think he's been here before, and it was a wonderful time in the presence of God. And I can assure you, that weekend is going to be power-packed and your life is not going to be the same again. Then, of course, on Saturday, we're having a musical program which is going to be a blessing to each and every one of us. We're going to have Jide Adeoye. We're going to have um, the Royal Citizen. We're going to have um, Kola Bekez. We're going to have Joe Praise. We're going to have Joe Praise. Praise the name of the Lord. And, of course, our own fragrance of life is going to be ministering powerfully as well you can't afford to miss it come expectant come prepared and let's just be ready to dig it out for god so please register for that service because i if you don't register and here is full you go to the overflow <laughs> yeah you're gonna you're gonna if i right now from the, the number of people that have been booked to come in i if you don't register on time, sure, you just go to the overflow. But overflow will have sound, will have everything there, but it's going to be um, overflow. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> last, last but not the least, last but not the least, um, uh, some of you may have known we're making some changes, departmental changes, um, effective, which started off from last Sunday. Uh, we'll expect we'll to some of the leadership of the departmental groups, as well as uh, some of us who work in different departments. Um, and, and the idea is that as the system opens up, we'd like to be a little bit more functional and more nimble in the things we do. So please, 
I'd like you to check out where, which department you fall into or see your departmental leader and ask them, how can I better do what I do as we go into the seasons? Don't let it be business as usual, please. Don't let it be business as usual. Don't let it be. Don't let the notion or the idea of, oh, okay, two years we battled with COVID. Oh, should I still reach out and serve? No. Reach out and serve. Reach out and serve. The Bible says, if they obey and serve me, there's a blessing there. There's a blessing there in serving. There's a blessing there in serving. There's a blessing there. He said they will spend their years in prosperity and their days in pleasure. And friends, if you're not committed in serving the Lord in this house, please, there, there are a lot of options and a lot of places where you can get yourself involved in. And I pray that the Lord will help you. The Lord will help me as well. In Jesus' name. I have made up my mind that for me, I'm going to elevate it. I'm going to push it higher. Whatever I've been doing before, I'm going to do much more. Why? The time is short. Many people don't know that what is going on around the face of the world is just a signal that, look, hey, God is winding down the clock. Yeah. God is winding down the clock. Winding down the clock. And that's the truth. If you follow Bible prophecies, you know that, look, hey, we are just at the close pace to the close of the world. And friends, you can't afford to live your life like normal. So let's, 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 let's get involved and trust God for something unusual. Um, March 21st, I understand that Ontario, we're going to be lifting up the max mandate. And some people have said to me, oh, but pastor, how are you sure that, look, hey, if they remove the max, um, it will not increase the spread of the disease all over the place. Maybe there are people who are also in that category who may be watching online or listening to me. Your security is not in the mass. Your security is in the God that protects, that shields, that covers. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 15 verse 25 or 26b, it says, I will not bring upon you the diseases that are placed upon the Egyptians. Why? Because I am the God that heals you. Your security is not there, Psalms 91 verse 2. So whether they're lifting up any mandate or not lifting up any mandate, for me, the mass was just a mere form of protocol, just to obey the law. But that's not where the security is. Psalms 91 says, it says, I declare this about the Lord. This is what I declare. That's what the scripture says. David is speaking there. He says, it says, he alone is my protection. Not the mass. So please don't be afraid because some people now are shaking and wondering, oh, what will happen now? What will happen to my children? What will happen to this? Okay, I'm going to be careful of how I'm... I'm not saying you should not be careful, but you see, your carefulness is not what gives you protection. Your faith in God is what gives you protection. May God protect you and I. God keep you. In Jesus' name. I'd like you to lift up your voice. Say, Father, as I listen to your word right now, Teach me your word. Strengthen me by your word. Quicken me by your word. If there is any impossible situation in my life, Father, move them right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we receive answers to every impossible situation. 
We receive answers to every mountain that has stood as obstacles in our lives. We ask, oh God, move every mountain in the name of Jesus. We command mountains to move in the name of Jesus. Mountains of spiritual obstacles, we command them to move in the name of Jesus. Mountains, oh God, of failure, we command them to move in the mighty name of Jesus. Mountains of poverty, we command them to move in the name of Jesus. Mountains of stagnation, we command them to move in the mighty name of Jesus. Mountains of lack of progress, we command them to move in the mighty name of Jesus. Mountains of sickness and disease, we command you to move in the mighty name of Jesus. Mountains in our lives, in our families, in our marital experiences, we command you to move in the mighty name of Jesus. You are a mountain moving God. We therefore declare every mountain under the sound of my voice, move in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you. Because mountains can stand before you. They melt like was before your presence. Therefore, every mountainous situation in our lives, in our journey, in our experience as a people and as a church, Lord, we declare that they are melting right now. They are melting right now. They are melting right now. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Receive all the thanks. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Speaking on the subject, mountain fit moves mountain. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, that word assuredly means without a doubt. Jesus is saying to you and I, without a shadow of a doubt. Without any iota of a doubt. In other words, if there were doubts in your heart, he's saying without a doubt. I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. How many people have seen a mustard seed before? Okay, just a few people have seen one. Okay, on a variety, vision and variety service. I'm going to pass mustard seeds around so that people can see what a mustard seed is. Very tiny. So if you have faith as small as mustard seed and you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it says it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing will be impossible to you. You see, a mountain can be likened to a large mass of substance. Sometimes a large landmass, usually higher than everything around the surrounding. 
It is massive. It is solid. It is imposing. In fact, the mountain is so immovable that even when you throw a bomb there, it will just scratch some areas and still remains there. And the truth is that for every single one of us, there are mountain experiences in our lives. And for every human being, most times when you talk about mountains and symbols, it signifies a dimension of human impossibility. That's what it signifies. Now, now if, if you back up a little bit to the context of the story where Jesus Christ made this statement. The scripture tells us that Jesus had just gone to the mountain with three of the disciples. One of them called John, Peter, and then James. And in that mountain, he was transfigured. And you know, you know what Peter said in that? Many of us who are Bible scholars, we know what Peter said. Oh, let us build you know, three tabernacles here. You know, we just like what we see here. Let's dwell here and on and on. And then after they have finished that mountainous experience, the Bible says that they came down. And when they came down, just at the foot of the mountain, they saw the rest of the disciples who did not go with the three of them to the mountaintop. They saw them, Jesus Christ met them with a large crowd gathered around. And Immediately, the person who was a subject of focus saw Jesus. The Bible says he, they ran to Jesus and held him and said, please, help us here. Help us here. We brought our son who was demon-possessed to be healed, but your disciples could not do anything. Help us here. And the Bible says that Jesus first, first scolded them. But the scriptures therefore went for, for that to say, that privately they went to Jesus. And, and I like that. Because you see, so many a time we pray and we don't get results. What do you do afterwards privately to find out why are you not getting results? Because many times we go through life experiences. We pray, we believe God, we push. But what do you do afterwards when nothing seems to be working? And the Bible says that these disciples, when they exhausted all the options, nothing worked. They went to Jesus privately and said, Master, tell us what was the reason why we could not get this done. And that is the background of the text of the scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 17. And Jesus Christ said to them, the reason why you could not experience the results is because of unbelief. That means someone hearing the sound of my voice right now. Maybe the reason why things are not working. Maybe because of little faith. Or unbelief. Unbelief. But you see, there, there are three areas I'd like to focus on. Within the context of the time that I have. If you look at that scripture, there are three things that clearly speaks out to you or speaks out to me. And that is why I'm going to be drawing some references this morning. One of them is that it says, if you have faith... We're going to talk about that shortly. The second one is this. It says, if you say. It's a different book. If, I'm not sure we're going to be able to get that today. Or get there today. But we'll see how we, we progress. And, and the third one says. To this mountain. So if you have faith. And you say 
to this mountain. So you, the first context, you see a mountain. Second context, you see a faith. And then third context, is a speaking. You are saying something to the mountain. Those are the three contexts. But you see, for the sake of this morning service, I'm going to look at different mountain experiences that many of us go through. Life provides every one of us. It's full of mountainous experiences that are challenging. Is there anybody without a mountain here? It's a metaphor for problems we contend with on a day-to-day basis. Mountains are symbols of the struggles we have, the challenges we have. Whether you're young or you're old, there are challenges you face. There are things that, that, that trouble you. There are things that bring a lot of passion, a lot of tears, a lot of cries. There are, there are things that you are wishing and you're saying, oh God, how I wish you can just turn and take away this burden from me. That's a mountain. That's a mountain. It may, it may be healing mountain. You are trusting God for healing because there's sickness somewhere out there. It may be a financial mountain. It may be a spiritual mountain. Sometimes the challenges that some of us go through is because of demonic forces working and contending with us. You know, a very typical story came to my mind about one week or two weeks ago. For a long time, very long time, one of my brothers was struggling. Really, really struggled. Struggling. And everything, we've done everything in the books. He's done everything in the books to get things going and get things moving. Nothing was working. Nothing was working. One day I heard a story of somebody that is close to our family that said, Oh, your children are making progress. We're talking to my mom. Let me see how you. One of this, your child. And he called the name of this child and said, let me see how this child will make progress. And then my mother happened to recount the story to me. And suddenly I said, oh, really? So that is the reason why the struggle has been there? That's the reason why the struggle has been there? And... Just last week, I had an opportunity to sit with someone, two people, and this brother of mine. And and they asked him, how did things break for you? And and that was when he just got dawned on me. that, That this God we serve is a God that moves mountains. Because suddenly... When, when that picture came to my mind and I had that conversation, many, there are many of us who are going through untold demonic influences and we don't know about it. Now sometimes somebody may have to stand in the gap for you to break that. And you see, for, for, the, for, for my brother's case, when the story came, and the news about what this person said and what this person did not say, the battle left from him being his own battle alone. I said, okay, uh, this becomes a battle for all of us. Friends, mountains move. Mountains move. 
Mountains move, mountains move, mountains move, mountains move, mountains move. Mountains move, mountains move, mountains move. Mountains move, mountains move. Mountains move, mountains move. And I recall one day, you know, after spending some time praying and praying about this circumstance, the Lord told me categorically the things to do. And I said to him one day, say, hey, young man, can you do this? And can you do this? Can you do this? And he did exactly what God asked me to tell him to do. And boom. Things opened up. He just reminded me last week. I'm sharing this because there's somebody under the sound of my voice. Maybe there are demonic influences holding your life back. I decree in the name of the living God, they are moving right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, there are some facts about human mountains. What mountains in our lives does is that it presents the fear factor. That's what mountains does. Most times for many of us, when we look at it from the physical dimensions, it produces fear. And that is why there are different categories of what these mountains does. One is that because of fear, mountains are magnified beyond what we see them to be. It appears so magnified. Appears so magnified. So magnified. A very interesting story, you know, in the book of Numbers. The children of Israel, God said to them, I have given you the land, chapter 13. And then suddenly they came into the land and they saw giants there. They saw powerful people there. They saw difficulties there. Instead of depending on or relying on the God that has spoken to them, they said, uh, this land is too tough. Maybe there's someone hearing the sound of my voice. God, I've told you, I'm giving you, I've given you this land already. But you know what you're doing? You're looking at the mountainous, the challenges, the difficulties. You're saying, oh, this land is too tough. It's too difficult. Too challenging. Too fortified. There's a glass ceiling. In fact, I think I kept, the first time I came to Canada, that is when I, I had the point. or the, I never had it before all my life. That there's something they call a glass ceiling. And there are people that the height have been sealed up against. So that means for you to be able to break out, for some other people, there's, there's, no, there's no ceiling anywhere. You can go as high as you can go. But for some others, there's a glass ceiling. You know, that was even the environment I've defined how far you can go. But friends, we serve a God that can crack and break and scatter the glass. <laughs> we, we, that is the God we serve. That is, so don't let the problems of your life be magnified beyond what it is. Don't let it be magnified beyond what it is. Most times when we find or see those human mountains, not only are they magnified, but also it reduces our human abilities. It reduces us. Someone here on the sound of my voice, now maybe in the face of the challenges you are going through, you are just, you are just, you have come to a place where you say, oh God, I can't even amount to much. I can't become relevant. You see yourself from the place of your human frailties and you have zoned out and you say, I can't break out from this. But I have good news for you, friends. God does not depend on your power or your strength. 
It is him that infuses you with power and strength and grace and enablement. The children of Israel said, hey, we, we see our ancestors grasshoppers in Numbers 33, 13 verse 33. He said, we see ourselves as grasshoppers because they saw great mountains. And you see, not only does it reduce you, is that most times it brings discouragement. I don't know how many people have gone through mountainous experiences and what you just do sometimes is that night after night you're crying. You cry, you wipe your tears, and then hoping that by the time you wake up in the morning, the thing is still there. <laughs> you wipe your tears, the thing is still there. You cried such that you, there's no more strength in you to cry. You know, in same Numbers chapter 14, the Bible tells, tells us that the children of Israel, after they have received this account of, of a place where God has even given them a, a promise that I have given you the land. The saw giants that the Bible said that the, the whole community wept aloud. And what did they do? They wept all night. Friends, there's nothing wrong to cry. But when you keep crying continuously, then if that's, that's, you've gotten to the place of discouragement. You've got to wipe your tears. You've got to wipe your tears. You've got to come to the place where you make up your mind. I'm, I'm going to face this mountain. I'm going to face it. Oh, don't be discouraged. The scripture said that David did what encouraged himself at some point. Every one of us have got to come to the place where you have to encourage yourself. You're not getting the kind of job you want. Encourage yourself. You're not in the kind of marriage where you expect. Encourage yourself. You, the, your finances is not adding up as it ought to. Encourage yourself. Things are not working as you expect. Encourage yourself. Because you see, most times when you don't, you get, people get to the point where they give up. But that will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. That will not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. That is simply because every mountain moves. Every mountain moves. Every mountain moves. You know, one, one, one day, I decided to test. Sometimes I test scriptures. Because the Bible says, test all things. That's what scriptures says. So one day I decided to test scriptures. I placed an object in an obscene place. In my house. And I said, this object, I'm not going to move you, but I'm going to speak to you to move. So I left the object there. There's no way anybody will move at that object for where I kept it. But every morning I say, hey, you got to move. In the name of Jesus, I move you. In the name of Jesus, I move you. In the name of Jesus, I move you. Friends, a day came from nowhere. I looked for this and I didn't see it again. What happened to it now? The truth is that I can't tell. I can't tell. What? Test of scriptures. Second story before I move on. This faith thing works and it's not, it's not magic. Some people say, oh, this is magic. It's not magic. It is scriptures. You see, if you say, 
I'm not coming to the same part of it, but I'm coming to the believing aspect of it. Your faith must have substance. It's standing on. Every mountain can move. In one of the houses we lived so many years ago, some people who have been to that house here will know the house. When you enter into the compound, the first thing you see is a large tree that's always dropping leaves in the front of the, house, the door to our own house. And I was always having issue with the landlord. Before I know what's happening, the thing has dropped leaves all over the place and the landlord would expect me to sweep it. So I spoke with the landlord. I said, look, can you please cut down this tree? And the man said, no, how can we cut down this tree? With the snow, it provides shade. So he gave me a thousand and one reasons why the tree cannot be cut down. He said, what is the big deal? It's just for you to sweep the, sweep the compound and keep it clean. Because the landlord was living on the other side of the house. We were living on the other side, but the tree was right under us. And every time I packed my car in the morning, leaves would have fallen all over the thing. So I used the first few minutes to just keep dusting out the thing. I said, okay, Lord. For that tree, I have used that tree for so many things. Tell me that this, this, this I'll, just, I'll just share one of the things that I use this tree for. Because one of, the, one of the, the process of my life, I was hanging my problems on that tree. But, but in this case, after I've had some issues with the landlord, I said, hey, why am I even worrying or arguing with the landlord? There are certain battles, many of us, we don't need to fight. What you only need to do is to practice scriptures. And I said, hey, scripture tells me, hey, if I should say, this tree right now, you're a mountain, but you're going, to be, you're going to be cut down. So every morning when I come out and I see the leaves are falling on my car, I say, you tree, in the name of Jesus, I cut you down in Jesus' mighty name. As I come back from work and I drive in and I see the tree, I say, you tree, in the name of Jesus, I cut you down in the mighty name of Jesus. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going out, I kept saying it. One day, I came back from work and I realized that the landlord had cut down the tree. And I said, I went to meet and said, sir, why did you cut down the tree? He said, I just changed my mind. <laughs> I just changed my mind. Friends, Jesus here is saying to you and I, no matter what mountain you have, no matter what challenges that appear to be daunting, no matter what experiences you may be coming across or you may, that may confront you on a time-to-time basis, it can move. It can move. And what moves it? It's your faith. It's your faith. It's your faith. And, and it defines for you and I that the, the dimension, the amount of faith that can move it. He said that faith must be, can be as small as a mustard seed. In other words, it, cannot be, it doesn't necessarily require to be a big faith. A small faith. Small faith. A small faith. A small faith. In other words, no matter how small your faith is, once you can believe in the substance of things you are expecting, God can move that situation. And I see God moving situations for you. I see God moving situations for you. The question is, what is faith? What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us what faith is. It says it is the confidence. The confidence 
Hebrews 1 verse 11 verse 1. The confidence of what we hope for is a confidence. You just believe it. I, I just know it. My tomorrow is all right. I just know it. Things are going to work. I just know it. Things are going to be splendid, wonderful, peaceful. I, I, I don't know how, but I just know it. Can I see anything? No. But I just know it. it it's a confidence. It's a strong confidence based on your belief in God. Based on your belief. Based on your belief. In other words, it's a blind trust. I, I, just, I just trust this God too much that he will say what he has, he will do what he has said. Have you ever seen a child, a boy or a girl who walks up to his father and says to dad, dad, do you know, can you buy me a, a toy? And then when the dad says, okay, I'll buy it for you. Do you see that ch child doubting? No. The boy goes away rejoicing. Ah, my dad says he will buy me this. My dad says he will do this for me. Where is his confidence coming from? Confidence in his dad. Whether the dad can afford it or cannot afford it, the guy does not know. He doesn't know. In fact, as far as he or she is concerned... There's nothing his dad cannot or her dad cannot. There's nothing the dad cannot afford. I trust my dad. Just trust my dad. Just trust my dad. Then they told us a story. And of a, of a, a young child who has always been bullied in school. Been bullied. And when they bully him, he will cry and cry and cry. And then once he told his dad and then the dad went with him to school. Then when he saw this bully that bullies him. Now this child who was not strong enough to withstand the bully started throwing tantrums. And then when the guy rushed after him, he ran to his father and said, hey, come now. Hey, come. Confidence. Confidence. That's what, that's what faith is. That's what faith is. Friends, do you believe and trust God enough to solve all your problems? That's what faith is. Do you trust him enough to change your life? Do you trust him enough to heal you? Do you trust him enough that your story and the stories of your life is different? That is what faith is. Simple. Trust. Confidence trust. That it is all right. Friends, faith is your access to the supernatural. It's your access to the miracles, to the blessings. It, that, that is what you use. It's, it's your faith, your absolute trust, your absolute confidence. So it's saying if you can have faith, if you can be trusting enough, that's what it takes. And you see, in my own paraphrase that way, Faith is just simply seeing things from how God sees it. Not from how people see it. That's what faith is. How, how does God see it? Not, that's what the Bible says, that the just shall live by faith. Not by themselves. Not by their society. Not by the worldview. Not by, by not, no, 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 no. 
No. No. No. But by faith, by faith, by faith. And, and in four places in scriptures, in Habakkuk, in Romans, in Galatians, in Hebrews, he said, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. I'd like you to turn to your neighbor. Tell them you must live by faith. Put it down there in the chat room for those of you in the chat room. Live by faith. You must live by faith. Say it again. You must live by faith. So the question is, how are you seeing things? How are you seeing things? You know, I was in company of some friends you know, the past couple of days and we're analyzing and discussing and talking about the war, Russia, Ukraine war. And it, it amazed me the different perceptions we all differently had. Different perceptions. Some were, of course, the side of Ukraine. Some were in the side of Russia. Some were neither in the side of Russia or Ukraine. Some were against U.S. I said, about it is Ukrainian. Some were against U.S. Some others were not against Russia. They were not against Ukraine. They were not against U.S. They were against NATO. And another group were against the West. That uh, they, they are the ones that encourage and fund you know, the, the strength of Putin. That if, for instance, they were not buying gas from him and all that stuff and allow him to pipe something, the guy wouldn't have grown so much wings. And it, it amazed me the different varieties of versions and perceptions. I, I'm sure right now, if I should tell some of us, can you describe what you see at the background here? Some people will have different perceptions of it. Different perceptions. And the truth is that life has different perceptions. We see things differently. We see things differently. But you see, what faith is, is not seeing it from what people, how people see it. It's not seeing it from how the world sees it. It's not seeing it from how your friends communicate it. It's seeing it with the eyes of God. That is why my prayer for you today is that may God open your eyes to see things the way he sees them. The Bible says that when God sees a situation that is out of place, he does what? He sees it differently. It's an opportunity to call for the things that be not as though they were. That's how God sees it. That's how God sees it. That is what the scripture says that the just cannot afford to live by what? Cannot afford to live by sight. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice may be saying, oh, oh, but pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand I'm, I'm approaching 35 years old now. Not a man have even said to me, hi, where will the bro come? Where will he come? Or oh, where will the sister come? In fact, to make matters worse, I go to a church where all I see is I can't see any qualified candidate. I've looked around and I can't see any. <laughs> uh. That's because you're seeing by sight. You're not seeing by woman's sight. I mean, you're looking at things from woman's sight, not from God's perspective. 
I remember in one of the churches where I had pastored before, very small local assembly at the time. And two of these ladies, young, dynamic, upwardly climbing professionals, you know, walk up to me and say, Pastor, I'm going to leave the church. And I say, why? He said, there are no, bro no bros here, no brothers. No brothers. I said, what do you mean? I said, are you seen with physical eyes or you are seen with spiritual eyes? He said, Pastor, even with spiritual or physical, no see. <laughs> One after the other, two of them left. But, but, but you see, incidentally, some of the ones that were, were busy minding the Lord's affair, who were also sisters in the same bracket and category that these ones were, got married in the same house before the other ones who left. The, the point I'm making, friends, is that I'm not bringing this as an illustration only. I'm bringing it to point out the fact, friends, that you see, don't diminish the God you serve by looking at things from the natural too many of us, we look at things from the natural. Oh, house prices is going up. So what? I had a conversation with somebody on that, you know, just about two days ago. He said, no, you're going to tell me now that I, can, I should trust my faith. I can, should shoot out my faith. I should believe. But you see, the, the reality is that this thing is, is becoming unaffordable. Yes, we know. That is why we serve a God that does the things that are affordable. By the power that works through us. That's why we serve a God that does things that are beyond our wildest imagination. And that's where faith happens. You see, the, the, the challenge that many of us have is that many of us think that God has one set way to do things. That's what we think. We, we think that, oh, the only way God can provide a house is when you are gather money to buy it. That's, that's what we think. We, we, we don't have in our mindset that God can send somebody your way and just say to her, Sister Esther, hey, you are blessed and highly favored. You know, the Lord just says to me to give you this key. But, but that is the truth. That is the truth. Oh, I've, I've, I've gone through some life experiences where I know that, okay, God can blow your mind. It can blow your mind. That is why, friends, you must not see things from the perceptions of your natural eyes. You must see things from the dimension of what God says. The question is, what is God saying? What is he saying? What is he saying about me? What is he saying about my destiny? What is he saying about my marriage? What is he saying about my career? What is he saying about my life? If I can just see it, then I can achieve it. What is this saying about immigration issues about my life? If I can see it, I can achieve it. If I can see it, I can achieve it. If I can see it, friends, you got to open your eyes to see differently. I'm going to trust God to open your eyes to see differently. I think many of us are still struggling in one area of life to the other because we can't see. You're arguing with people you ought not to argue with because you can't see. You're crying all night because you can't see what God wants to do and what God is doing. Oh, some of us are seeing. But you, you remember the man that Jesus Christ touched? The Bible says he saw, but he was seeing wrongly. 
May God correct your vision. He, he was seeing, but he was seeing men as trees. So can you imagine if, for instance, Jesus left him that way? He would think that uh, every man is a tree. They told the story of, you know, different people who had an opportunity with their you know, eyes blindfolded to touch an elephant. One that touched, you know, the big massive body parts. Hey, this animal is massive. It's like a huge mountain. Another one that touched the, see the tux or what do they call that long? Uh -huh, trunk or whatever they call it. That touched, say, hey, the elephant is like a pole. It's so long. The one that touched the tail had a different narrative of what the elephant was. Friends, may God open our eyes to see Jesus Christ. God said to Abraham, say, as far as you can see, the extent and the dimension of the oppression of faith in your life is a function of how far you can see. So you want to go higher? You want to move mountains? May God give you a broader vision of what is ahead. May he give you a broader scope of what he can do. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask by the power that is at work in us. That is why you must sharpen your focus, your vision of God. That is why, friends, you must grow your faith. Every one of us have been given a measure of faith. Every one of us. Romans tells us that. Chapter 12 and verse 3. Every one of us will be given a measure of faith. But you see, for you to be able to see well, you're going to do what? You're going to sharpen, grow your faith so that you can see with the eyes of God. And how do you grow your faith? Three or four things, and I'll bring this to a close. One of them is that you must grow your faith by hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God. How can you hear the word of God? You hear the word of God just like the way you're listening now. By reading it. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Say, so then, faith comes by hearing. By hearing. So friends, what you hear is very important. Please don't put your ears where there are negativity flying around. Don't. 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 Switch camp if you have associations of people who are peddling negative things. Switch camp. Oh, you have the, you, that, that is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to you to be able to say, I can't, I don't want to associate anymore. You switch camps. Switch camps. Switch comes. When I came into this country, you know, for the first time, I had some people who said to me, oh, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this because you are new. And I said, I don't want to be hearing these kind of stories. I don't want to hear these kind of stories. I don't want to. And I, every now and then when I come across people who tell me, I can't do this because I'm colored, I'm whatever it is, I switch camp. I won't talk to you again over that issue. And if you have any other issue you bring about that you're negative, That is my right. That's my privilege. I, I, I can decide what to hear and what not to hear. This is hearing the word of God. In other words, the things that must produce enough power, enough faith in you. Listen, friends, if you're not positive about life, God can be, can't be positive with you. 
You can't. God can't. He got to say, oh, as he has said, so let it be. He said, as, as he thinks, as they think in their hearts, so they are. So if, 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 you can't, if you can't dwell on things that will produce faith in you, and the word of God produces a lot of faith. And if I, every time I'm reading it, I'm asking, Lord, what, is, what are you saying here? What are you saying here? What are you saying here? Oh, Abraham was the father of faith. Lord, what are you saying here? He was rich in cattle. Lord, where is my own cattle? He, he was rich in gold. Okay. He had an investment club that had gold manufactured. Oh, he was rich in livestock stock. Oh, that means I have to be rich in stocks. The, the, the point I'm making, friends, is, is that as you read the word of God, there, may be, there must be things that jump out to you. You know, long before I read, you know, one of the books by, I think it was um, that Dave, Dave Ramsey or so, that talks about multiple streams of income. I, I read the scriptures in the book of Genesis that says that the stream that watered, you know, the Garden of Eden parted into four ways. And I said to God, hey, Lord, that means there were four streams that supplied water. There must be four streams that supply water to my own life. There must be. The word of God is so rich with things that can do or produce enough faith in you. And if God did it for one, oh, make no mistakes, he must do it for me. There's no reason. The Bible says that God is not a partial God. Abyss, your God, the partial one. Man is not a partial God. What he, what he did for one, he can do for the other. That's, that's so true. So let's study the word of God. Let's, let's be rich in the world. Let's dwell there. Let's study it and bring out things that will change our lives. Not only hear the word, but practice it. James 1.22 tells us. Say, don't be just only a listener. Don't just listen to the word of God. That's what he says. He says, but you must do what he says. You must do what he says. If you don't, say you're just fooling yourself. Just fully yourself. In other words, if you say, oh, I believe I have faith, put it to work. Practice your faith. Oh, it says, give and it shall be given to you. Don't say, oh, Lord, uh, 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 how can I give this? Practice it. Give. And by the way, I've never seen anybody out give God. I've never. I've never seen anyone out give God. And then this is an area I'm still, I'm still, I'm still studying. I've never seen, never seen, never seen. And I'm, I made up my mind. I'm going to be quick to do what to scatter my seeds because at the end of the day, I know where I'm going to. Practice the word. Associate the third thing of doing what increasing your faith is that associate with people of faith. And there's an interesting story that we see in the book of Luke chapter 7. And time is not going to permit us to read it, but from verse 2. Somewhere, uh, Luke chapter 7, I think somewhere from verse 2. The Bible talks about a man. I think that man was a centurion, a, a Roman officer. Book of Luke chapter 7. The scripture says that he had a servant. A valued servant who was sick. This scripture did not tell us that this man who was a servant had faith. 
The scripture did not tell us that. But it, it was a Roman soldier that, that had faith. So the scripture says in it says it's a centurion servant who was dear to him. He, the association he had with this guy was so close. So close. I, I think in verse 3, the Bible says that this Roman soldier went and then reached out to other people that he himself was close to. Some other Jewish people he was close to. And said, please, can you tell Jesus, when he heard about Jesus, to come and to heal my, child, my, my friend? Association. Association. Can you imagine if, for instance, the servant wasn't associated with this guy? That would have been, maybe this death, the sickness would have killed him. What about the is it three or four men that carried their friend, you know, all the way and removed the roof? Those were men of faith. Those were people of faith. Friends, you must look for people who can tell you, you can do it. You, you must look for people who can tell you, hey, let's trust God. Wipe your tears. It will work. Don't look for people who say, ah, oh, if at the last time I had somebody who had that kind of headache, Hey, it was cancer. Ah, hey, yeah. Ah, oh, my show. Oh, too bad. Too bad. Don't, don't, don't look for that kind of people. Oh, don't look for people who, as it were, friends will bring down. There are some people you get into the environment, their company, they bring down their, your morals. Look for people who are, people who as it were, friends, will encourage you, who will say to you, friends, you can do much more, you can become much more. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 20, if you walk with the wise, you become what? You become wise. If you grow, you grow in wisdom when you do what? Spend time with the wise. How do you grow your faith? Through prayers. You can grow faith through prayers. There's a lot that prayer does, you know. Thank God we just came out from a season of prayer. It's a lot. The disciples of Jesus in Luke chapter 17 verse 5, they said to him, Master, that was a prayer, increase our faith. That was a prayer. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. In other words, I, lack, I need more faith to move mountains. I need faith. That will make me a blessing to generations. I need faith. That will make my ministry what you only can make it be. I need faith. That's what the Bible says. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the spirit. And the last but not the least of how you can grow your faith. To trust in God. In your pain. Trust in God. In your pain. Brethren, there are certain times the pain won't go away. The challenge won't go away. Because God wants to test you. And see how to stretch you. Certain times, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have believed, you have waited. You've done everything in the book. And the more you do, the more you realize that it doesn't look, it looks as if the thing is multiplying. It's increasing. So what do you do when you get to that point? God wants you to, to learn to trust him. Even in that pain.
You must learn to trust him. Paul said in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I think reading from verse 8, he says, we think you ought to know. In other words, he was telling the Corinthians, Look, we want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the troubles we went through, you know, in, in southern Turkey, in Asia. He said, we were crushed <laughs> and overwhelmed. This was Paul Say we were crushed, we were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Some of us may go through challenging times and seasons where it becomes too much as it were to bear. Say we even thought <laughs> we will never live through this. In other words, we thought that hey, this is all gone. We, we thought we can't survive this. In fact, it goes for that to say we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. Most times when God is taking you through a process, it's so that you can stop relying on yourself. Too many of us are relying too much on ourselves. But there are some areas and times in our lives and our seasons where God takes us through a test. So that he can do what? We can stop relying on ourselves. But the end of the story, the Bible says that yet... God came through for them. God came through for them. Listen, friends. God never wastes pains. God does not waste pains. God brings pains into your life to grow you. To grow your faith. To stretch you. To teach you. God brings pain into our life's experiences to mature us, to be that man, that woman that God wants us to be. So within the context of the pains of the mountains you go through, maybe God stretching you. Maybe God building capacity. Maybe God building ability. Maybe God building grace. Because he knows where you are going to. He, he knows that, look, hey, I'm taking you to the palace. Oh, but I, but I need to take you first through the pit. And you are there in the pit to say, oh God, how long am I going to be in this pit? How long am I going to be here? And, 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 as, and as, as you are glad that God is taking you out of the pit, you are landing into slavery. You say, oh God, here am I again. But I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you had a great plan and a great future for me. But, but Lord, how long will it take? And, and as you are thinking, you are getting out of, pre, out of the slavery, you are landing into prison. In other words, you're moving from one pain to the other, to the other. And someone hearing the sound of my voice, whether you're watching online or you're hearing in person, it looks as if the pains of your life seem to be increasing. It is because God is stretching you for the heights. Because he's stretching you for the heights. It's because he's building capacity for where you're going to. It's because he wants to prove his grace over you. That is why, friends, no matter what it is, you must stand strong and yet trust God. Job said, though he slay me, yet I will do what? I will trust him. Weeping may endure, but I will trust him. I, I don't know how he leads. I don't know where he's taking me to, but I will trust him. Oh, this is so burdensome, Lord, but I will trust him.
trust him. Why? Because I know my redeemer liveth. And when he had tried me, he says, he said, I will comfort like gold. I see God bringing up people. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of days. It's a matter of hour. It's a matter of months. It's a matter of weeks. But God is bringing you out. He's bringing you out stronger. He's bringing you out better. He's bringing you out more glorious. He's bringing you out. And by the time he's finished with you, you will say, I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. Like they said in the book of, you know, you know Psalms 126. He says, we laughed and we laughed, we laughed. And they said among the people... Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.